Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. An unbelievable weekend of Big 12 basketball capped by a TCU triple overtime win over the Baylor Bears. Also, Iowa State uses some Hilton magic and a lot of great three-point shooting in the second half to get a win over the Kansas Jayhawks. This is the Big 12 Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors, here on Crystal Ball College Football. We are a part of the 365 Sports Network. You all can find us on Twitter at NWPod365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show wherever you all get your podcasts. You guys can also find us on YouTube as well. Like the video in those places. Please subscribe to the channel as well. Leave your comments. Once again, subscriptions, comments, and likes all help us grow this channel. Uh, five stars wherever you guys get the pods. So uh, this weekend in Big 12 basketball on Saturday, I mean, you had just, it was at 1230, the KU game, uh, KU-Iowa State. You then had at 1 o'clock Texas Tech-Oklahoma. At 3 o'clock, you had Baylor TCU. So if you were dialed in, and I was, I mean, you basically had from 1230 all the way until that, that Baylor game didn't end until about 6, I would say, and then 6, 536. So you had, I mean, hours and hours of really good Big 12 basketball. And I think let's start with the triple overtime game. TCU 105, Baylor 102. Three straight losses of the Baylor Bears. TCU gets to 15 and 5 overall. Uh, they get a great effort in this game from Emmanuel Miller. 53 minutes. So this game was uh, 55 minutes. 53 minutes from Emmanuel Miller. 21 points on 8 of 16 shooting. Five rebounds and two assists as well. He was efficient on the night. Now, the big night was from Jameer Nelson Jr., who had 30 points in 42 minutes. But 53 minutes in a game of this intensity is is staggering. Uh, I really think that's that's kind of the big thing. But this team was was going shot for shot the entire way. Um, and also, 30 combined turnovers and 45 minutes of play is, is, is pretty good. TCU wins in that category. But uh, to me, just the big shot making in the end. I mean, Jameer Nelson Jr. was was fantastic the entire game. And Micah Peavy was fantastic the entire game. The age and experience of TCU is coming into play for them. They've got all these guys that are old, and I think they have. You know, it's been up and down for them. But like they've made a couple games where it's 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 a choice. It's it's kind of like a all right, how is this thing going to go for us? And they've come out on the right side of those games. You know, the OU game, uh, the Houston game, which they get a huge win, and Houston looks like a hammer right now. End up winning that game, right? They barely lost to Iowa State, which was odd. They rebounded after that against Oklahoma State in a close one, and so. Uh, for as many trip-ups as they've had of lack of non-conference quality wins as they had, they're starting to find their form, and they've racked up wins against the number 19, number 2 team, and number 15 teams in the country. The 15 team came on the road. They barely lost to KU as well. So TCU, they've got it. The big thing for them is finding that form late. For Baylor, I, I talked about this uh, with Paul Catalina. The reason why actually the show is late is because I did the triple option with Paul Catalina over on the main channel before we got going here is that Baylor just it's really hard to spread teams out the way the Baylor Bears do and attack teams the way the Baylor Bears do 
and always just just win at a, at a clip that is super consistent and they they do win at a high clip it can be challenging on some of these games like if you don't have the horses like a mitchell butler and teague who are just these unbelievable two-way players and um you know for them this year the, the big difference is like jacoby walter is is you know it, it's a guy who is he is not you know he's, he's young he's a freshman right that's the way to put it he's a freshman and I don't like relying on freshmen as your top scorers. Now they've got more guys than that. They've got Langston Love off the bench. Uh, you know they've got a guy in a uh, Ray J Davis. You know who's who's really good. And you know his fifth year of college basketball. Uh, obviously he's been shooting the hell out of the ball for them, fifty percent basically from the floor this season. And also you know Jalen Bridges is a guy who's having a really another nice season. And uh, you know you get Missy in there. He's Missy. I mean this is a guy at seven feet tall. You know who's showing what he has got in the last game. Obviously, you know, he goes for 25 and nine. He's got some serious ability could hurt some teams, but you don't want to rely on freshmen, you know, and, and it can be hard and those guys are your primary scorers. So you need the Langston loves, you need the, uh, you know, I mean, guess same guys like Jaden Nunn, right. You know, as a junior, you need the Jaden Nunn's Langston loves, uh, you know, the Ray J Davis's, you know, those guys to uh, Ray J Dennis, De not Davis, Dennis, uh, to step up. And, you know, De Dennis did in this game, uh, 24 and 10, right? But Jacoby Walter in this game, the freshman, ends up having 15 points and five assists, but he was two of 12 in the field. So that's what kind of kills you when you have a Jacoby Walter, you know, who has a that kind of a night for you. It's just difficult to to sustain that and, uh, or, you know, ask him to kind of have a, a Davis or Dennis type game. Uh, it's difficult to do. And I think Baylor needs to maybe not consider something different, but like, I think you're going to have games like this. Uh, and the question is, can they round that in the form like TCU actually know they have the form, a top level form. And I think they've got so much old personnel. They could win Anderson and Miller and Peavy and Cork and O'Bannon and Jameer Nelson. Like they've got all these old guys. So I know that looks like Baylor. It's funny to say that for a team that's it's been ranked better the entire year, but I'm actually having questions about that. Let's go to Hilton Coliseum, where the best home court advantage, maybe the best home court advantage, in all of college basketball might reside. Iowa State 79, Kansas 75. Iowa State, a lights-out second half from beyond the arc. This was a fantastic game all the way around. The defense was the big difference in the first half. The offense from Iowa State was the difference in the second half. When you get a guy like a Trey King, who had such a rough year shooting the basketball up until this point. I mean, Trey King coming into that game uh, for Iowa State, I think had hit, let's see, how many threes had he hit on the season? He had one, two, three. He had three threes the entire year. He hit four for seven against Kansas, 21 points. But here's the thing, guys. These were open shots. That was part of the game plan as you leave a guy like a Trey King open, and he made them pay. Eight of 16, 21 points in 29 minutes. That was the big difference in the contest to, to just be quite frank about that. Uh, Tame and Lipsy had some big shots too. He had 10 and eight on the night, but yeah, I mean, you know, 14 of 30 in the second half, that's what really won the game. Despite the fact that, that Iowa state was nine of 18 from beyond the arc. Um, KU did a better job of playing through Hunter Dickinson in the second half of the game, but overall, Thought they were a little late getting that. KJ Adams was a bit aggressive. He was aggressive second half, but they kind of were late to getting to those guys and forcing the issue inside. And then some of the problems were that they were trading baskets. They were really trading shots. They were trading twos for threes, and their shots ended up being twos. 
Iowa State ended up being threes. And also there was a stretch where they, they would turn the ball over a lot more. Uh, I also like to mention that their bench, two points from their bench. They're just so reliant. And they, I think coming into the game, 88% of their scoring comes from their um, from their starters. So just so so starter reliant. And Kevin McCullough needs to shoot the ball better. 16 points on 5 of 18 shooting, five turnovers in the night. He's a better player than that, needs to shoot the ball better than that. He's got a hitch in his shot. I'm wondering if that does cause him sometimes to struggle. But he's shot the ball well this season, did not shoot the ball well on Saturday. Texas Tech, 85. Oklahoma, 84. McMillan has a huge game, 27 points and eight rebounds. And then Texas Tech ends up shooting 53% from the floor. That's big. They won that, and they, they were able to turn the ball over less. That to me was, you know, it was big taking care of the basketball and also 16 of 19 from the line where Oklahoma was 15 of 24 basketball. A lot of times is math. So you look at where uh, Oklahoma, you know, did well, they shot the three, well, 11 for 26, 42%, uh, 48% from the floor. That's good. But Texas tech was 53% from the floor. So overall, basically, you know, it's, it's kind of a wash at that point. So all right, where do you go if turnovers are even uh, and, you know, rebounding is pretty even. You go to free throws, and the big thing was free throws in this game. And Joe Toussaint hit some big ones in the end. They closed out this game better. So, you know, I know that it wasn't the best shooting games from Darion Williams and Pop Isaacs. Uh, Joe Toussaint shot the ball pretty well, but that was the big difference to me was the free throws late in this game. And Isaacs and Toussaint combined to go in this game 12 of 14 from the free throw line. That will play. That will play when you're too, you know, primary guards do that. Grant McCaslin's team now is 16 and three, five and one in the big 12 conference Were they stellar in the non-conference. No, they had lost at Butler lost to Villanova, which those two teams aren't great, but they beat Texas on the road by 11. They beat K state at home in a really you know tight game. They have a Houston loss, which was not close, but they beat BYU and they end up beating OU on the road. Nice challenge tomorrow night at TCU schedule them for them has been pretty, um, you know, it's been, it's been hard this part of it at least, but McCaslin's got them playing good team basketball. And that's the thing about this team is that they just, the guys just seem to be pretty confident in what they are doing right now. Uh, BYU picks up a nice victory over Texas. The Texas ball pressure was too much. They got killed backdoor a lot in this game. It felt like and BYU shoots 64% from the floor. A lot of the guys, they're getting quality, strong looks. So Texas forces 16 turnovers. But because of how well BYU shot the basketball, how well the ball moved, that was big. Now, I know we had the horns down situation. BYU being nice people removes it. I don't think I had any problem, um, you know, with the way they handle that overall. But, yeah, I think Texas to me, once again, they're 14 and 6. That's fine. 3 and 4 overall in conference. They should be better than that. But BYU picks up a big victory at home over Texas. BYU was sputtering just a touch. No longer seems to be the case. Houston is a hammer. 18 and 2, 5 and 2 in conference. 74 52. I thought K State would play a lot better in this game than they did. Houston did not shoot the ball great, but they forced 18 turnovers just to their eight. They created 10 extra possessions and they went to the free throw line 34 times compared to just 12 for K State. Sometimes basketball is math, plus 10 in the turnovers plus plus 10 in the rebounding margin is going to put you in a pretty good spot in games. And it was this one, Jamal Shedd leading the way 17 points for him 
on the night. And I'll tell you what, guys, Houston looks like the best team in the conference. And you could argue that they are the best team in the country right now, the way they've played. They're up there with Carolina. They're up there with Purdue. I mean, they are a genuine article. UConn's up there as well. But um, this is a team that, you know, they were plus 20 in the first half, right? So this game was over in the first half. It did not matter. So, you know, the, the fact they were able to put their foot down and blow out a good K-State team, to me, was good news for for Houston in terms of, hey, this is a top-level team all the way towards the top. Oklahoma State's on the board. They beat West Virginia 70-66. to uh, 66. Not a game we've talked too much about. We'll wrap up here. Cincinnati 68, UCF 57. This was big because Cincinnati, to me, can still be a bubble team. They can still be in the tournament hunt and they get skillings on a really good night. Dan skillings, the sophomore goes for 21 points and seven boards, eight of 14 shooting on the evening. Um, and the big thing for them here too, you know, big free throw disparage was 25 to nine in terms of free throws shot. So you get still skillings on a 21 point night. You get Newman on a 19 point night, despite the fact of going three of 14 from deep, you're able to attack the rim. You're able to get points. You're able to get baskets uh, on the interior. And that was a huge part of this game, in my opinion, was the fact they were able to attack and score the way they did. That leads itself to tonight's game, one game on Big Monday. I love it. It's Texas hosting uh, Houston. Houston's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. It's a big one in the Moody Center. I think Texas will – or, excuse me, Houston will want to give their parting shots – to the Texas Longhorns. They've been playing so well. Texas has been playing better as of late, except that last BYU game, looking to rebound at home. It's an interesting night because Virginia Tech hosts number seven, Duke, on Big Monday, and then Texas hosts number four, Houston. So two home teams hosting lower-level teams in their buildings, chance to get quality victories. I know Joe Lenardi still has Texas on the wrong side of things, so chance to get a big win here in this one. That will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NWPod365. I'm at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. All right, folks. We'll talk to you manana.